0: Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest with us today on the I Drink From Skulls podcast. He puts the wealth in your health. He's the best from the West. He served in the Army. He's a former rugby player termed changemaker, Mr. Kerry Cummings.
1: Ah, Let's go.
0: I drink from skulls.
1: Drink from the skulls of my enemies.
0: Hey, Matt. How are you? I'm doing tremendously okay. How was that intro? Might have taken me a few goes to get it. Well,
1: hopefully, that only uh, only the only
0: the final edit. But uh, now, thank you very much for having me on, mate. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, we've been going back and forth a little bit. Last time I asked you, you were keen to jump on, but you were actually were you in Fiji? I was in Fiji, mate.
1: Yes, on my on my honeymoon. It was three and a half years late because I've been so busy. However, you're right. I was over in Fiji with uh, weak signal because I was island hopping and having the time
0: of my life. I love that. I wouldn't be invited to Christmas if I asked you to jump on the podcast on your honeymoon, sir. so I wouldn't do that to you, buddy. Nah, we'd all got mate. Finally got done, which is good. So thanks for, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> That's great. Well, mate, for everyone, for the benefit of all our viewers, who the hell is Kerry?
1: Well, like you mentioned uh, in the intro, mate, uh, originally from Wales, I served in the British Army, did 11 years there, but unlike most soldiers, I was very fortunate to play a lot of rugby. I was successful at rugby so i was pretty much what we call a tracksuit soldier so my 11 years uh, most of that i was traveling the world playing rugby fortunate enough to see pretty much as many countries as i wanted all whilst representing the army but all paid for that was the best part as well so yeah rugby was was pretty much most of my adult life and it uh yeah fortunate enough to to get paid to do what i loved which is what actually brought me to Perth just over 11 years ago.
0: Yeah, wow. Well, you're practically an Aussie now. What age did you join? You joined the army. I joined the army at 16 years and nine months.
1: Absolute youngest I could join. So I was really lucky or unlucky rather that my, uh, my birthday being been in August and the way that the Welsh or the, or the UK schools go, I was always the youngest in my, in my year. But it turned out that, um, that the enlistment, the intake, when I joined May 2002, yeah, 16 and, 16 and 9 months, so I was still a, still a baby.
0: Yeah, wow. That's, uh, what made you want to join the army, just out of curiosity? Uh, stubbornness, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, Dad, sa- Dad said
1: to me, Dad said you can go back to school so do like it's called sixth form of there so like you're 12 you're 13 um, you can get a job you can go to college or you've got to pay your own weight as a year no worries and um, time went on time went on time went on and my th- one of my dad's friends he was in the parachute regiment and um, actually the french foreign legion which is one of the most elite um, yeah one of the elite I suppose forces to, um, to join bit of bit of constro- controversy and, and shrouded in secrecy but he always thought as a little shit and uh i said one day i said you know what i'll just join the army i'll i'll join the army and uh and yeah this guy said now you'd never make it so it all started with with that and uh yeah i didn't think i'd make it to be honest because i um i was i wasn't sure about it but when i had that little that little goal of just proving him wrong and then proving my dad wrong i was like you know what fuck i'm just gonna stick with it and then fortunate to get scouted by a but a good rugby culture was also in the army, been there for a long, long time, and uh, yeah, it got really, really, really well looked after.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah, I had, I have a few buddies who've played in the Australian forces, and uh, same sort of experience. I used to talk about it, traveling the world, some very good competition, some great players, very, very strong rivalry against. Like if you're if you're in the army versus the navy, mate, incredible. Yeah, like we um. Every year, the, the army would play the
1: navy, and for the last 103 years, maybe, it's been, it's been a big competition, but we, we play our game at Twickenham, so last time I played against the navy at Twickenham, there was 57,500 people there. Absolutely nuts, so yeah, like um, rugby uh, gave, me, gave me a lot.
0: Um, any countries in particular that you loved visiting whilst playing rugby? Barbados, probably. Yeah, so when I got in the army, one of the first rugby
1: tours I went on was to Barbados. There's a, there's a horse racing track in the middle of the island. It's, it's pretty much dried mud. If, uh, dried mud looks like very, very short yellow hay um, with a rugby pitch smack bang in the middle of it. The rugby wasn't great, but the island was incredible. So that, that's probably the standout one for me. But you know what? Like it's, yeah, there's so many
0: good places that I've been with, uh, with rugby. And somehow you've landed on the uh, West Coast shores of, of Australia over in Perth, shout out to our fellow Perth friends, how did that come about? So I originally joined
1: the army as a technician, but because I was fortunate to get picked up with rugby, um, I was doing rugby full time by getting paid as a technician. So not many people have known this, but I got made redundant from the army because I was on paper, I was a technician. but. I didn't have a toolbox for seven years, so I was shit at my job. Um, So I knew I was going to be leaving the army in June 2013. So I just took my rugby CV online and um, the first call I got was from an old school guy in Perth, talking mid-70s. He was uh, the director of rugby at a local club. Well, I say local, it's actually the side of the world, but it's local for me now. And I remember I couldn't understand a word he said because it was the day after Army Navy. My last game represented the Army in front of 57,000 people, It was absolutely awesome. And he calls me up and he says, good day, good day, Cobber. Good day, Cobber. Do you want to come, come and play rugby for me in Perth? I was like, What? Where? And he said, Wanneroo. Didn't have a clue what he said. I said, Look, I'll give you a call back tomorrow. I've got to try and sort out a visa. But rather than checking out the rugby club first, I just went straight on the. Immigration website applied for a visa, and then the f- the Saturday. So less than
0: five days, um, I was getting picked up at the airport here in Perth. Yeah, wow! Couldn't get couldn't get a more different climate, I would imagine, from where you grew up to where you've landed. Right, totally different. Like at the moment, it's
1: uh, it's a little bit of winter time in Perth, but it still reminds me of summer back home. <laughs> like the shit weather here is like the good weather back there. Yeah. So yeah, man. I um, I, just got, I just got a phone call, and, and to be honest, if if I had a call from anywhere, I was probably expecting or hoping for Europe, maybe Japan, but the first guy that called me, Frank, I was like, yeah, let's let's do it. So I applied for a visa. Immigration were kind enough to grant it instantly, and uh, yeah, on a plane out to come.
0: That's great, man. One thing you'll never get is splinters in your ass from sitting on the fence. You've jumped in, grabbed that opportunity. And ran with it, and then so let's fast forward a little bit. You have a business called Fo- uh, Bolt Fitness, uh, which which makes sense to me. You've been in the army, you've played rugby your whole whole adult sort of career. Fitness obviously being very important to you. But talk us to talk to us a little bit more about that, mate.
1: So I, um, like I said, originally came all for, for rugby. Um, I had a pretty bad injury, dislocated my elbow after three games. So I realized that rugby wouldn't keep me in Australia. It got me here, but it wouldn't keep me. So I, I figured that I needed to pursue a career in something that I enjoyed. And I started working in, in a couple of gyms, doing memberships, assistant managing, all that stuff. And and it just wasn't for me. Like so many people would be just hustled and, and signed up to a gym that they're never, ever going to use. So fast forward a couple of years, I did a bit of research on the industry. And what I'd done was I took the best of, I I, I don't like these terms, but f45 crossfit and then i do like personal training but i took the best of f45 the best of crossfit personal training and then i created my own thing so a bit of industry leader in, in what we done and and then yeah launched launched bulk fitness to to change the way that the industry delivered training but also was perceived as well yeah and that was eight years ago next month
0: yeah wow that's crazy most businesses, the percentages of failures, is, is very high in that zero to five year mark and you're pushing hard through the eighth. So that's great. That's like, you, you mentioned a couple of big brands there, but essentially what you've done is you've found some things that you liked, you've gotten rid of the shit that you, you, that you don't and you, and you put your own spin on it and made it into something that you can be proud of. So that's, you know, that's, that's, that's business to its core. So I love that.
1: Yeah. Ah, for sure, man. And uh, it's funny that you just mentioned then about the statistics of new businesses and all that stuff. And in the last eight years, I'm actually on my eighth business. So I've got eight, eight in total. So the main one was Bold uh, Bold Fitness, and then Skill Athletic, which was another type of gym but slightly different. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we we opened a chiropractor clinic. So I've got Bold Chiropractic Clinic. Myself, and my wife, we've got a Pilates studio called Element Pilates. Then. Same, same industry, but different. So we've got a female over 45 only studio. So it's a really, really cool niche over here. Part owner in a recovery lounge as well. A clothing and apparel brand. And then most recently, because all of that comes together and I have so many people wanting to work with me in some way because they've seen the incredible results we got. I've um, last six months released uh, or launched Bold Fitness online. So we've got clients now all over the world that we can help. Get on track, but ultimately stay on track as well with their whole their full oneness goal so they can be whatever they want to be.
0: That's amazing, mate. Eight businesses there. Bolt is a great word because you've kind of like, name of your business, but you've bolted different arms on, very similar vertical. So it's not like you're reinventing the wheel or doing things that you, you don't have the skill set in. So a lot of logic behind those moves. and then But being really smart about the getting niche down, you know, the over 45s, that's, that's, if you were trying to run the over 45s in with a couple of, you know, the meathead footy players that love lifting heavy, there's a bit of a clash there.
1: Absolutely. Like, we've got one member in the, um, or actually, it's a husband and wife, like late 60s, she is, he's early 70s. They love training with, with the youngsters. Absolutely love it. However, there's 99% of their peer group wouldn't ever be dead in the gym. They wouldn't. So... I looked at what was around us and what was missing. And yeah, met uh, met my business partner, spoke to her. She's a middle-aged lady and it's what she wanted to do. So I took a punt on her, backed her with her sort of drive and vision, but also then my experience from what I'd done previously with my gyms and my businesses. And together, man, we um, we make it work. So I think that's the one that we're looking to scale, scale the most.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, that's great, man. And then I guess the other the other thing, a lot of the, the fitness industry, the health health and fitness industry rocked by probably the most out of everyone, maybe hospitality is equal to prize no one wants of the challenge you've, you guys experienced sort of 2020, 21, 22 of just the, how crazy things were. So to be able to come through that, have an online business as well, hats off to you, my good man. One thing you mentioned there that really stood out to me was the recovery side of things because dealing with so many different business owners, high-performance people, is that an area that you see people lacking or they don't take care of themselves? Or I'd love to learn a little bit more about that.
1: Yes. So we come across obviously many different people uh, in in our facilities from we've got kids at school, we've got ex-mayors, member of parliament, elite athletes stay-at-home housewives we've got ceos we've got upper management we've got just anything and and, and everything but we find that the majority of people they don't recover and, and i think that comes down to the industry trying to make people work harder and it's all about like i go back to that A45 is just hit training the harder you work the the more you sweat the better your results will be but studies have shown that Working smarter, not harder, will get you a lot further and a lot quicker. But you also be able to maintain that trajectory as well, so you don't burn out um, and have those massive peaks and troughs.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. The um, burnout is that something you've you've dealt with or you've seen people go through? I I've not experienced burnout myself, but I've I've I've
1: seen people experience it and i'm not sure i'm a massive fan of the of the term burnout because if you love something if you're going to keep doing it anyway and obviously your priorities will change and and you'll do whatever it takes to make sure that you don't burn out so if i've got my my vision of of making ball fitness the best gym in, in in australia and i'm on the verge of burning out but that is my ultimate goal then i know that for me to hit that ultimate goal i have to look after myself so i need to then put steps in place prior to that so i don't burn out as such so pe- people that that burn out i feel that they either didn't value the goal enough or they didn't put the right steps in place prior to that yeah yeah, yeah. what are what are some of those steps uh, so we we actually look at a five step approach in the gym and it's called the MENT method, M-E-E-N-T. So M is for mindset, E is for education, A is for accountability, N is for nutrition, and T is for training. And that's what we we base all of our stuff on. So when, when you're looking at any of any of that stuff, you've got to be in the right mindset. You've got to be educated on the right stuff and so make sure it's, it's in line with your goals. A for accountability, you've got to get yourself a good coach. And, and that coach buys into your goal, buys into your bigger picture and if you have a coach that celebrates your wins more than they celebrate themselves, that's perfect. N is for nutrition. So fueling the body with the right stuff and not giving it the shit that it doesn't need. So that's obviously too much alcohol, any drugs, plenty of sleep, plenty of hydration. And when it comes to training, so that the, the tea part of it, you can then obviously have many different types of training, but whatever's best for your goals, Flip that then to whatever's going to be best for your recovery so that you can actually train at your optimal and having a coach that holds you accountable to that and measures, reviews, like, it yeah, it all comes in. And as part of recovery, we've got, I actually spent today building a, a built-in ice bath at home. So that's one thing I absolutely love. So I love ice baths, also cold water immersions. I love ice baths. I love hot saunas massage is a good one as well love the old uh massage and just taking time for yourself and just just grounding and just appreciating what you've got so a bit of gratitude
0: yeah yeah right the mint model that's i i love that it's simple concise it doesn't seem like any one of those you you could do like if, if you had to pick one it doesn't seem like there's there's one that's any better or worse than that than the other they all need it all needs to be an equal sort of input for each of those fields for it to work, right?
1: Absolutely. And, and there'll be times where where one of those five pillars takes priority and one of them is the least priority and you kind of almost forget about it. I wouldn't say neglect it, but you forget about it. And you might forget about it because it's just second, like mindset, as an example. Like if, if you're doing all the right things, habits, your coach is on point, you've got a good training program, you're hitting your numbers – then you don't need to worry about mindset because that's just taking care of itself. But once you reach a certain peak or you do something and you get distracted, you might need a mindset check or a bit more education, get back on track and, uh, and go, yeah.
0: Yeah. How important is the accountability side of things? Huge, like it, it's the num- number
1: one thing, man. We have a, a policy at the gym that if you haven't been in by Wednesday, you'll get a, you'll get a message and a phone call. Like you you need accountability. So um, the reason I set up the gyms like I did is because we want to coach, educate, and empower our members. But we treat them like names, not numbers. So I want my members to turn up. Yes, we charge a premium a hell of a lot more than other gyms around us. But we get results. Like we we offer guaranteed results of your money back because we know if you get those five things right, then it works if you was training with me and let's just say you're with me for six or 12 months, you tell all your friends, you start promoting a couple of you, Instagram pictures, reels now and again, or Bolt fitness, this Bolt fitness, that. And in 12 months time, you look exactly the same. Like you're tarnishing my reputation. Yeah. So like that, that's not what I want. And every single one of my members are walking adverts for what we do. So the accountability is huge, but that goes not just in the gym, In life as well that's right and so i've got a i've got a business coach that holds me accountable i've got an incredible wife she holds me uh, accountable to what we've sort of set out and our in our life goals as well and i've got a really good group of friends and a an incredible group of staff that that all hold me accountable to one what i've said i'll do but two also what what i need to do yeah and I think that comes back to the army, the army and the rugby, like every single person has a role, whether it's in the army or in a rugby team. And if you do your role well and everyone does the same thing, life is easy. Life is good.
0: That makes sense. I love that. Two things you mentioned there that I want to dig a little bit further on. Firstly, your your model, you said you're, you're more expensive than the competition. That makes sense because you're investing so much into your members. For clarity, most of your quote unquote competitors, they have a model where they don't want people to turn up to the gym because they know that they can they can sell, 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 stack numbers in there of people that will never turn up, and they make their money from literally from people not turning up, whereas you're the complete opposite. You want to go, you're going all in, there would be limited numbers, whatever they are, I'm sure. And you've got full accountability. So number one, I, I absolutely love it. The second thing about accountability, and I'm sure you would hear this more than most, most people will say, oh, I, I know how to do that. Oh, I know what to do with my nutrition. I know what to do, but they're not doing it. And that's where that accountability really steps in, hey? hey absolutely. And I, I did this myself for a while early on in my sort of adult life
1: I'd constantly do courses, whether it's fitness or something different. i do courses, finish the course, boom, stick stick the uh, the workbook straight on my shelf. And it'd be like shelf help, <laughs> like literally finish the course, boom, I'm on a shelf and then do nothing with it. So it's, yeah, P- people, there's so much information out there. You, c- you could literally find a program online right now or hundreds of programs that would work for you. But why are Australians or why are people around the world the fattest that they've ever been? It's not through lack of knowledge. It's not through lack of resources because everything's available. You can go and chat GPT and AI that shit. You can jump on chat GTP, GPT, AI that shit. You can get a perfect program. You can get a perfect meal plan designed, especially for you by some robot somewhere. I'll give you a pretty good program. But It's not going to hold you accountable, and it's just going to be someone else that sits on the side and just gets wasted.
0: Yeah, a good friend and mentor of both of ours always says, "Knowledge isn't power; it's the implementation of the knowledge that's power." Mr. Ryan Tuckwood, and it's never been truer. Like, there's never been more easy access to information. Everyone, a lot of people know what to do. Most people understand that if we eat more than we, if more goes in than what goes out. We're going to put on weight, but we do it anyway. So, yeah,
1: like I often get asked about um, meal plans. So, oh, can I get a meal plan? First time I'm like, no, tell them no, straight out. Unless you can send me seven days worth of pictures or a seven day food diary of every single thing you consume, I'm not going to do it. And the reason is I've done it so many times. I've created these create these meal plans for people and they never stick to it. So, they got up with a bit of buy in first. If they can't be accountable to themselves and just take a picture, or log the food? I'm like, no way. So, yeah, it's putting a bit of, bit of love into the game, but they, they've got to do their own part as well, and that, that's how I do
0: stuff. Yeah, I love that. Got some, I'd love to get your insights on what your top performers do because it's not easy to find time to be at the gym, to eat well, to perform well in business, in life, to, to put it all together, so to speak. But, but there are those of us that do it, and there are a lot of, you know, a small percentage of people performing at a very high level. What are the things that you're seeing they do to make it all happen?
1: Well, you mentioned there, what are a lot of people doing to make time? I, I don't think you make time, you just prioritize it. Like it it's that simple, man. And uh, whatever is the most important thing to you right now or in the very short term, You'll you'll prioritize that, and then that would be you making time for it. And if you want to perform in your relationship, you want to perform in your business, you have to do whatever it takes for that. And that might be training, because we all know that that when you train, it releases all the feel good feel good hormones. You feel younger, you feel better, you have more energy. Then you eat better, then you hydrate more, and then you sleep properly. So it, it's just about priorities and there'll be times where you do 16 17 probably 18 hour days and you don't feel like training but on those days it could be meditation it could be a bit of breath work it might be that you just jump on a call or you take your phone with you on the road and you do a lot of your stuff just in the car might be going for a walk you just it's it's priorities that i think that's it prioritize what is the most important thing and hold yourself accountable yeah
0: how do you find, like, it's kind of a, a weird and wonderful world these days of most people, it's hard. Most people want to do, they say they want to do the thing, whether it's to get fit, get healthy, perform well. But then when it comes time to doing it, there's excuses that get made. How do you find having the direct conversation? Is it is it tougher now? Is it something that you, you, you just cut through the noise with? There's There's a difference between needs and wants, and... It, most people, I,
1: I'll use fat loss as an example, right? Most people need to lose fat. Most people need to get healthier, but they don't want it enough. And I'm a big believer of asking my members. And because I'm so close to them, we've, we've got limited numbers. I'll ask them like, so Matt, you said to me that you want to get fit for this occasion or you, you told me you want to lose five kilos by Christmas. First I understand why or I try and dig deeper, why five kilos, why this, and just go, why, 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 peeling back that, like the layers. Then when I think we've hit the right place, I'll then ask them on a scale of one to 10, how important is that to you? Whatever number they give me, I then just directly ask them a question like, cool, Matt, so if that's an eight out of 10, how do we make it a 10? So firstly, understand where the gap is, but once we've, we've established all of that, it's then a case of, okay, so, you're an eight out of ten. You want this as your goal. It means this to you. With your permission, Matt, can I call bullshit any time that you are not doing what you've said you will do or what we've agreed that you need to do? And that's that's literally it. And because I'm buying into their goals and I've asked their permission to call them out, it's it's easy. Like, Matt, you t- you told me that you wouldn't skip training. You told me you'd train three times this week. You told me you'd be having no more than two beers on a weekend why did you have a massive bender on a saturday man Miss monday tuesday training <laughs> what did we see you're running the street <laughs> accountability that's it so i'm holding them accountable to what they said and as harsh as i come across as harsh as i sound firstly i don't want to waste my time because there's more people out there that want my help but secondly i would be doing them a disservice if i didn't do that so for me in my industry
0: man it's it's actually pretty easy yeah, that's great. And what well, one of the things one of the reasons I wanted to get you on here tonight, today, whenever you, whenever anyone is listening is that the the lessons from fitness, the parallels to business, to to anything in life to achieving a goal, it's so simple to see when you look at it when it's broken down as to fitness. Are we doing are we doing the ment model like do we have each individual are we actually doing it? Or are we just talking about it? And that translates to every area of life. So I just wanted to, that's why I wanted, part of why I wanted to get you on anyway, mate. Mate, for sure. Like the army,
1: the rugby, fitness and health, all business, it's all the same, man. And, and to me, it's project management. That's it. Like you get every single thing you need and you put it all together, mix it up to, to be the right ratios. And mate, you'll, uh, yeah, whether it's business, whether it's fitness, whether it's sport or in the military, um, that project or that mission. And a lot of people have business missions. If you liken that business mission to a military mission, like it's do or die. Like I know business isn't do or die, but if people looked at it the same way, if they looked at fitness and health the same way as a military mission, they'd probably perform a little bit better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. One of the things we have in common, we both sort of, we have our own businesses. We work with our wives. How have you found How have you found that experience? Working with my wife? Yeah. I absolutely love it. Like g-
1: genuinely, it's incredible. And if we didn't work together, I, I don't know how it would work. I'm not saying that it wouldn't, but I couldn't imagine it any other way. Like we someday spend 14, 15, 16 hours a day together. Or, or no more than 50 meters apart because it would be in a different part of the gym or something. But it's just epic, man. Like I, and I wouldn't want to fight this business battle with anyone else or with, without uh, by my side. It just, like, when you go home then after, like, after a nine to five, and you go, oh, hey, babe, how's your day? And then you spend that 10, 20, 30 minutes complaining about insignificant shit. We don't have that now because we, we have all day, every day together. So when we do get home, It's quality time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I've I've found the same thing. I think if it was to, if you, if, if your partner wasn't all in with you, it would be a completely different dynamic. And I'm sure that works too. But yeah, we definitely have that in common, my friend. Like it it
1: certainly works for, works for some people, but where, where we are in life right now and the direction and trajectory that we're on, it's, it's perfect. Like, yeah. So of course, we have our arguments. But it, it's never, ever serious, and it's resolved pretty, pretty quickly. Same as if one of your employees were to piss you off in business. You know? As long as I know she's the boss, that's all that matters.
0: <laughs> good advice there. <sir>. Yeah. <laughs>
1: What's next for you, Kerry? I'm, I'm pretty sure that, obviously, how well you know me now, plus the fact that I've got eight businesses in eight years, is a little bit of challenge. I love a good challenge. Um, really like good challenge and um, that coupled with maybe a little bit of ADHD, <laughs> I'm constantly looking at, looking at something else. So um, I mentioned at the start of this that uh, a guy called Frank called me to come over and play, play some rugby. Well, he's also the director of a real estate company. And for some reason over the last 18 months, um, real estate has just been calling my name. So in three weeks time, I'm gonna start my real estate course. I don't know what I'm gonna do with it. <laughs> um my uh my mentor has told me that I probably shouldn't. He's he's backed me in anyway, but um, he said, look, you probably shouldn't because it's gonna distract you from the other eight things and it's totally not your passion. But I just want the um I think the the challenge of, of doing something else. So Rugby, rugby's just finished, rugby season now, so there's nothing on, there's no games to go and watch, all that kind of stuff, although the World Cup just started this week, so I'll be busy watching that. I've signed up for a half Ironman, so I've got myself the next three months laid out of all of my training. Every single thing over the next three months up until the 3rd of December is all planned out, scheduled in my calendar, so I've got that. But because my business is pretty much run themselves with the team that we've got, i i just yeah figured that i had to go and learn about some real estate so i signed up for a a big big event obviously health wise because i need something health focusy and just a bit of extra education Uh, whether or not i do anything with it not sure but maybe some of the money from my my businesses i can invest in some real estate and uh grow my portfolio from there
0: absolutely Kerry, we'll, we'll add a ninth nice one there, property mogul. Love that.
1: Well, that's it. Like I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it, but it's been about 18 months. It's just been nagging me, and I think it completes that full circle. It goes back to like the guy that got me over to Australia. He's still in real estate now, and yeah, who knows? I might uh, do some part-time work for him and uh, broaden my experiences. Because one thing's for sure, like I, l- I love the gyms, I don't like doing what I'm doing, but I'm not sure that's my forever game. So, diversification, mate, and um, I like a challenge, like learning new things.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, no excuses to anyone who's watching along who's thinking about doing a thing, they haven't done it, there's an itch they need to scratch, just do the thing.
1: Mate, just do it, like, don- don't regret it, And and what's the worst that's going to happen? I'm gonna invest a little bit of money in a course. I'm sure I'll learn something anyway, but it's gonna help train my brain a little bit different. It's gonna put me out to my comfort zone. And it's it's just a little bit of experience as well. And you know what? I jump on the course. I'll be on the course in person. Uh, I'll take that as a network opportunity anyway.
0: Absolutely. Oh, so, yeah. That's a win from me, mate. Any final words before we wrap things up tonight? probably what we just finished on there mate don't
1: regret anything take action get shit done and just always try your best that's it
0: just just do it love that had the Nike approach Uh, where can people connect with you how can people find you
1: probably the the best one I would say is probably Kerry underscore Cummings on Instagram I've obviously with all the businesses I've been building and growing each of them so I've always been here then everywhere but over the last sort of couple of months I'm going to i have started and i'm going to focus more on on that one so that's probably the the best place to to catch me whether it's for uh for a chat bit of inspiration or a bit of uh, bit of guidance in in some health wealth and, and business
0: fantastic mate you've been uh, motivating inspiring and everything in between thanks for sharing some time with the i drink from scullions and that's it from us tonight cheers we're off all the best for you uh And the the family. And the new addition. Alrighty. That's it, mate. That's
1: it. Incredible. Thank you, brother. Thanks, my man. Cheers, buddy.